A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Heretics Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. There's very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog Falls Teacher of the Week, episode 90. Uh, Mike was just a little bit hot there. Uh, I'm your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. the Evangelical Norm. So, False Teacher of the Week podcast is a podcast I do dealing with false teachers. It came out of the old introduction video for the old Master's Dog um, intro video, which was a two and a half minute montage of false teachers, pictures, and videos set to a really cool song called No Compromise by Result, used by permission. Thank you, Result. And uh, somebody came to me and said, hey, I don't know who all these people are. Some of them I thought might be okay. Could you kind of break it down for us so we know who's what and what they are and why they are false teachers? So I started with Stephen Furtick, which is who she specifically asked about. And then I systematically went through the entire video of teachers and so on. I think I added one or two that weren't originally in there, um, but did all these up to episode 39. Then I revamped the uh, intro video, cut it down to about a minute, a little over a minute, um, so you don't have to endure a two and a half minute introduction, but you still do, because here I am introducing. Um, so at that point, it was five minutes, hey, right? So, um, and made it a little more versatile so I can take and put video clips in, take video clips out, change it all up, put more people in there, and so on, as you guys suggest false teachers and stuff to me. So there's a little background for those people who are new, uh, continue to get more and more subscribers. So we're slowly bumping up the numbers. That's because of you guys who like share comment on the videos that makes Mr. Algorithm. Um, and yes, I was calling him that long before space jam ever did, uh, to make the video more available for other people who might like to hear it. So please continue to do that. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the notification bell, Get all the stuff that I release here on the Evangelical Norm Network. I won't ask you to like the video until the end because you haven't seen the video yet. So you don't know if you like it. But comments, all that stuff helps, really helps the channel. So please keep doing that. And then I don't have to search for false teachers if you give me your suggestions. So uh, that brings us to this week's false teacher. And yes, I, I understand. I'm a day late. Saturday was just weird day for me and a lot of stuff a lot of ministry opportunities and trying to get some stuff straight with starting a new part-time job and so on so uh thank you for bearing with me here we are you know at, at the end of a sunday with our false teacher of the week episode but better late than never right so this week we are going to talk about a man named mike bickle a man that i have actually met uh shook his hand um while i was a, a, a vineyard pastor um 
I wouldn't say we know each other. I mean, he probably still has probably an hour later had no idea who I was. So, um, but I've been in the same room. I've heard this man speak. I've, I've, you know, because again, he was, I don't know if he was actually the, when I met him at a vineyard conference, if he was actually still part, I don't know if, if, uh, I hop in that, uh, ministry. I don't even know what the name of the church there in Kansas is anymore. If they're still part of the vineyard or not, I don't know if they were at that time or not, but he was there. Um, and it was kind of a big deal. Everybody was wanting to shake his hand because here again, this is a guy that was part of the Kansas city prophets. This was a guy that has been, you know, kind of well known throughout different movements and so on from the, the late seventies. Um, and maybe even earlier than that, I'm not sure exactly when his ministry and stuff began, but we'll take a look because we're going to talk about this guy. So let's jump into um, his stuff. And if I can find his website, uh, MikeBickle.org. There we go. I always like to give you their uh, their comments on who they say they are. So I like to go, if they have a website or something like that, then I take you to their about section and let them kind of give their own bio. So this is his bio. Mike Bickle is the founder of the International House of Prayer Missions based of Kansas City, an evangelical mission organization based on 24-7 prayer with worship that is engaged in many evangelistic and inner city outreaches, along with multiple justice initiatives, planting houses of prayer, and training missionaries. The International House of Prayer has continued a nonstop prayer led by worship teams since September 19, 1999, and is committed to combining 24-7 prayer for justice with 24-7 works of justice. Around 1,500 people, staff members, students, and interns serve full-time on the mission base, investing 50 hours per week in the prayer room. I think that's 50, F-T-Y, it's a typo. Um, classroom and ministry outreaches. Mike is also the founder of the International House of Prayer University, which includes a full-time Bible school, music school, and media school. He's the author of several books, including Passion for Jesus, Growing in the Prophetic, <laughs> the prophetic, uh, almost sounded like I said pathetic, which is pr- probably a Freudian slip. The Pleasures of Loving God After God's Own Heart and Prayers to Strengthen Your Inner Man. Mike's teachings emphasize growing in passion for Jesus through intimacy with God, doing evangelism and missions work from the place of night and day prayer and the end of time. So there you get a, just a little bit of who Mike is um, of his own d- description. And uh, here's the thing. Well, let's get out of the way. The first first things first, all the different controversies that have gone on in this area. And again, we understand that the Toronto blessing, um, he was uh, he was definitely involved in that. Um, You know, he's very much uh, aligned with Bethel and Bill Bill Johnson out there. But back in the day, and I, I don't know when. I want to say the 90s to late 90s, um, there were two different uh, or one man that was a part of the the prophets, the Kansas City prophets, Paul Cain, who apparently got involved in some stuff. And I think he came out as gay and stuff like that. So those are the scandalous things, right? The scandals. He was involved with Bob Jones University. I think he went to Bob Jones University, um, hailed Bob Jones as a great man and so on. Um, which again, we know that Bob Jones very, uh, 
racist in, in issues that went on there at the university. And then there's also been reports of abuse and so on coming from. So all this stuff, we will get the, the scandal and so on out of the way just simply because scandal doesn't mean heresy. Scandal doesn't mean false teachers. Uh, scandal doesn't really mean anything other than uh, scandal. And so, again, that's, that's what we deal with with that. Uh, the reality is um, there's a lot of bad teaching um, and bad theology that goes on in the International House of Prayer. So that's what we want to focus on. We, I, I'd like to just push the scandal and stuff out of the way because, I mean, even good churches. I mean, John MacArthur and other solid, good, foundational churches have scandal. There are things that happen that are, you know, unfortunate pastors early on or even late on in their ministry can tend to ha handle those things incorrectly. So... Again, scandal does not mean heresy. Heresy is what makes heresy. So let's look at those things that, that Bob has that uh, we would consider heresy. So looking at an article from uh, CARM, uh, which is Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, which is the, uh, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ministry of uh, of Matt Slick, who is, is just some amazing stuff. So a lot of the big stuff that goes on in uh, IHOP is emotionalism, mysticism, Gnosticism. So you get a lot of kind of word faith kind of things where it's name it and claim it, which is not technically it's not biblical. It's it's not a biblical thing. We don't God isn't controlled by our desire. Um, our declarations, none of this stuff, name it and claim it. Now, maybe if we, you know, you might find somebody who's named something and said this, and it's happened to fall into God's will and it, it happened, but it is not that we declare something and God is bound by our declaration. So the word faith, uh, you know, kind of formulaic, um, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, whatever you want to call it, um, is not biblical. It is, it's literally what we're, you, they're teaching people to put God at, at, God is obligated to them. God is obligated. I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine one time. I haven't talked to him in years. I think we're still friends on Facebook, but I don't, he, I don't know that he ever interacts with every, anything I do. But we were on the phone and it was after he had lost his wife, um, had left him and he, he you know, hadn't seen his daughter in a while and all this stuff. And we're talking and I'm, I'm trying to minister to him. And he made the comment to me. He said, God owes me. And I was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> where do you find anywhere scripturally that God owes you anything? You know, one of the greatest lines in one of... Uh, Shailen's song, and I can't remember the name of the song off the top of my head or even which song it is, but I know there's just there's a line in there that says, God is never obligated to be gracious. God is who God is, and God will do what God's going to do. God is sovereign. Our Lord, our God is in the heavens, and he does as he pleases. So we do not in any way, shape, or form ever get to put God into our debt. Never do we ever get to put God into an obligation to us because we have done something else. Again, this is why we look at, and I talked about, I want to say in one of my recent videos, 
Um, the fact that the covenant that is made between God and Abraham is a one-sided covenant. It's not that Abraham was required to do anything. God caused Abraham to fall asleep and God walked in between the portions of the animals. So God said, I am doing all of this on my own. The same thing with Christ. The covenant that we have with Christ is not based upon anything that we do. It is a one-sided covenant that he has made with us that we just get to enter into through repentance and faith through God's sovereignty, the doctrine of election, right? So again, we never do that. So there's the, you know, the word faith, name it and claim it type of prayer is the first thing. But then the second thing that is very I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's Rickle. I'm going to go ahead and say com- contemplative prayer, centered prayer, any of these things is actually heretical because it actually goes against what Jesus said when he talks about and teaching us how to pray. He says vain repetition is what the pagans do. But contemplative prayer, centering prayer, the whole concept is you just kind of repeat one word over and over and over and over and you're trying to get God to, you know, God speak to me kind of thing, right? And so there's, it's this Gnostic, um, mystic, just weird. I mean, really, when you break it down, it's pagan. It's witchcraft is what it, it truly is. When you really break it down and you compare it with what witchcraft actually is, that's what centering prayer and contemplative prayer is. And again, you know, I don't see anything wrong with 24-7 prayer that kind of thing. But really, I mean, how repetitive does it get? And again, you look at Jesus where he says, you know, don't be repetitive like the, the pagans are. God wants you to come with him to with specifics and so on. And I don't want to say originality because that just sounds too hippie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, God doesn't just want you to repeat. It's not formulaic. That's There's nothing scriptural that says we have to be formulaic in our prayers. I mean, yeah, he gives us the Lord's Prayer, our Father of heart in heaven, and we can look at that and we can pull principles out and we can say, you know, come up with our different little acronyms, cast, you know, confession, um, adoration, supplement, uh, supplication, and thanksgiving, or however you want to, you know, break that down. But um, we do... We don't have to be formulaic. It doesn't have to be the Lord's Prayer. But we, we incorporate those things into it. So when you break that down, and then there again, there's the whole issue of false prophecy and so on. There's a video clip out there um, where Mike actually says, um, dealing with the Kansas City prophets and, and even into IHOP and so on, that 80% of the prophecies that are given are, are not right, are not true, are fake. And he says, but the other 20% are true. And so we just, but it's like, no, biblically, we don't deal with false prophets. If you have a false prophet, if you presume to speak in the name of the Lord and that thing does not come to pass, you're in a very difficult spot, (laughs) you know, Um, biblically. I mean, we don't stone prophets anymore uh, as Christians, but that was the, the thing that was done. Those people were put to death for presuming to speak in the name of the Lord when they didn't. So why would we encourage people, well, you know, just give what you think is prophecy, and if it's true, okay, if it's not, well, you know, whatever. No, it's a very serious thing to, you know, it's blasphemous to proclaim you're speaking in the name of the Lord when you're not. So those are the things that that would look at and make Mike Bickle a false teacher 
um, and qualify him for this list of false teachers of the week. And that's it. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it off now and finish up uh, with this video so I can get it posted and to you guys in you know, 15 minutes. That's what we try to keep it at. So thank you guys for taking a, a look at this, for watching, for giving your time to uh, listen to a crazy old man like me talk about false teachers and so on. So um, now is a good time. If you'd like the video, hit the like button. If you found it helpful, leave me a comment, a uh, question, snide remark. I'll take all the smoke. I'm down for that. I've had a lot of people like one guy that just keeps coming at me recently uh, defending Greg Locke. And I'm like, you know what? Just keep, keep making comments because the video gets more uh, circulation because of that. So uh, leave me a comment, question, snide remark, whatever. I'll take all the smoke and uh, thank you for taking the time out to watch. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.